Hey everyone, I am your host, Dorshe Harris. I am an author, a mother of two, and the founder of That Pastel Chick. This podcast is for women who want to learn to live abundantly around their depression and anxiety. Now, before we really get into everything for the podcast, I think it would be best for me to tell you my backstory so that way you understand where I am coming from and why exactly I wanted to start this podcast. When I was 16, I had my son. And during that time, being a young mother, especially a teenage mother, was looked down upon. So I went through a lot of ridicule, especially from older women who felt as though, you know, a child basically shouldn't be having a child. A lot of the friends that I had talked to me behind my back and I ended up actually moving to another state because my mother got a new job. So I had to start a new school year of high school as um, basically the pregnant girl. It was really stressful and it caused a lot of anxiety, but I'm the type of person that doesn't talk about their feelings, which in the end hurts me more than it actually helps. But I was determined to have have my child no matter what anyone said or how anyone thought of me. And this was my son and I was going to take care of him regardless. I also had um, a lot of support from my family, especially my dad. My bond with him actually grew a lot stronger with him during that time because he was really the only one that I could talk to to convey all of my feelings to just to let him know what was going on. Or even if it was just a simple phone call, you know, he would ask how my day was, how's the baby doing, did I feel all right? So those small little phone calls and just, you know, knowing that someone cared really got me through the whole situation. But the downfall of everything was that the person that I had my son with turned out to be um, a very good manipulator. (laughs) He was very verbally and mentally abusive, and he also turned out to be a compulsive liar and cheater. So during the time of the pregnancy, we had a lot of arguments, more so around him either cheating or lying or him accusing me of cheating and lying, um, wanting to know what I was doing. He was very controlling. um, And since I was very young and I was very naive, I stayed in the relationship, one, because I was scared of having a child by myself, and also because I was still holding on to that fantasy that we could still be, you know, one big happy family. So instead of telling anyone what was going on within the relationship, I basically just held everything in um, and I took it because I didn't want to be alone during this time. Needless to say, it took a lot out of out of me, not only because I was pregnant and, you know, it was very draining on my body, but it was very draining just mentally because I had to basically try to find a way to keep myself from going crazy and breaking down. I ended up having complications with my pregnancy. Um, the placenta was deteriorating a lot faster than it was supposed to. So I had Peter at 36 weeks. I actually had to be induced into labor. It was one of the scariest things of my life. Um, but he came out very healthy with a full head of hair and, you know, 10 perfect fingers and toes. And me being naive, I still believe that his father would 
basically come around in this relationship you know like now that the baby is here maybe we would actually be able to maintain some type of relationship and we'll be able to get through this and fight and you know just the basic spill of desperation and of course that did not turn you know out to be true so after um a about a few months after peter was born uh, we were still kind of going through it and this was actually the first time that i tried to commit suicide um I tried to overdose on my prenatal vitamins that I was still taking to try to help with my body because it was my body took a took on a lot basically from the depression and then the pregnancy itself. So um, I tried to commit suicide by overdosing. Of course, it didn't work because I'm still here. But it's something that I haven't even told my family about till this day. I remember just laying on the floor feeling completely miserable until I got to a point where I actually didn't feel any type of emotion at all. So skipping ahead, the relationship did actually eventually come to an end because I tried something called eraser burns, which if you do not know what erasers burns are, I will explain that to you. So eraser burns is actually just a different way of cutting. Instead of using a knife, you would actually take the eraser part of a pencil and you would rub it back and forth against your arm until the skin came off. So it was after Christmas um, when I actually was able to meet one of the girls face to face that he was cheating on me with. Um, of course, of course, he denied our relationship fully. And this is kind of where... I, I guess, drew the line and I just, I had enough and I couldn't take it, but it was also something that broke me completely. So I actually went inside the house, locked myself in a room, took an eraser, and I kept running it back and forth against my arm. I was completely in my own little bubble. I couldn't hear anything that was going on around me. If anyone was calling my name, it was being blocked out. All the emotions had been drained from my body. I could not feel anything whatsoever. Every foul name that he had ever called me, um, I was writing it on my body and potentially with the eraser. And I had stayed in there for hours. I couldn't even get my own self to stop doing it. And that is what scared me the most. The only thing that stopped me was the fact that I could hear my son on the other side of the, do- other, the other side of the door and it, it, it just made me snap out of it. So after that day, I packed my bags and I went home. I have never went back. <laughs> um, I haven't had any contact with him. Um, he has not had any contact with me and my son for the past seven years, I want to say. And it has actually been better for me and my son. We actually was able to move on from the entire situation. And thankfully, my son has come away completely unscathed. So moving forward during this time is when I also met my daughter's father. My children do have different fathers. And this is a moment in my life where I finally felt that I had peace, that I had some zen, and that I could really just go about my life the way I wanted to. I was in school. I was working on becoming an author. I was working, you know, a good job. My son was okay. And I had met my husband and we had got along pretty well. We were in a long distance relationship at first um, before we actually moved in with each other. 
I got pregnant, of course, hence my daughter. Um, and after I got pregnant, I actually stopped working at the job that I was working at. Um, but this is kind of when everything started to go downhill again, because we were young parents. I was only 19 years old at the time. We had to move in with my mother-in-law and his family. It was very crowded. A lot of things was going on. My husband couldn't find a job. Things were going on with Peter and it was putting a big strain on our relationship. Um, we eventually decided that we were going to get married, more so for me because I didn't want to have my daughter um, without us getting married. And even though we got married, it was still there was still a distance in our relationship that we couldn't really overcome. So we ended up moving into my mother's house for the space and so that we could kind of just have a little bit for ourselves we can just have a, a space for ourselves a space for our kids my mother has a bigger house she has her own land um peter was going to a better school so things were starting to become better for us my husband got a job but like I said, the distance between us was really starting to put a strain on our relationship. Money started to become a strain, a strain on us, us communicating because we weren't very good communicators with each other, especially me, um, because like I said, having depression and anxiety and for me not being able to speak about my feelings, um, it really put a strain on our relationship. So there was a lot more arguing. There was a lot more fights. Um, my husband had anger management issues and there was just a lot of a lot of things we really just could not overcome. So we ended up getting into a very big argument um, where we both said some nasty things to each other. And that was pretty much the end of our relationship. Whenever um, I turned about 22 years old, we actually separated after the argument and we didn't speak to each other for like a month. So <laughs> we had a thing in our relationship to where we would um, kind of argue and then not talk to each other for a while, which I know was not very good. <laughs> um, and then we would kind of come back to each other. But like I said, we had gotten to a point in our relationship to where like the strain, everything that had happened and the fact that we had just hurt each other so much, even if we didn't um, intend to, it really hurt us both. And we couldn't find our way back to each other. So he ended up moving on with another person which hurt because we were not yet um divorced and we were only separated and i was still trying to fight for our marriage so i traveled over 300 miles to go and see him and so that he could also see his kids where we ended up having a conversation and I found out that he had actually had sexual contact with this other woman which really hurts me because like I said we weren't divorced or anything yet we were just separated and it had really only been about a month and a half since we had separated so I felt like just to put it in perspective for you guys, because um, we had been together for seven years, that includes three years of marriage. And for us to have been only separated for a month and a half and he had moved on with another person and actually went that far with her really broke me yet again. And on April 23rd, 2016, I will never forget this day, is when I tried to commit suicide at a place called Penn's Landing that's in Pennsylvania, Philadelphia, to be exact. And that was also the day that I was transferred into a mental hospital. I had to stay there for two weeks to be treated before they would allow me to go home. And during that 
two week period, it gave me a lot of time to reflect. It gave me a lot of time to go over my feelings and to really just dig deep. And I realized that I had based my worth for the past 10 years on how other people see me, on men specifically. And I'm not saying that you shouldn't, you know, give your all in your relationship, especially if you are married, because, you know, as a husband and wife, you are a partnership and you are supposed to, you know, be there for each other and give you all for each other. But there should not be a point in your relationship to where you lose who you are and you feel like you aren't anything. You aren't worth anything without that other person. And that is where I had got to. And that is why I tried to commit suicide, because I didn't know my worth anymore. I had put everything I was into a man and I didn't know who I was. I had completely completely <laughs> I had completely lost my self-image and I needed to find myself again. I needed to find that woman that I was before I allowed other people, other people's opinions of me, how they feel about me, you know, make me feel like I have some sort of worth. I needed to find the worth within myself and to build myself back up so that I could be the mother that I needed to be for my kids, but also for the woman that I needed to be for myself. And it was a very long journey. When I came home from the hospital, I moved back in with my mother and I have been here ever since. But when I first came home, those first few months were absolutely rough. I was still very miserable. I still didn't have emotions. (laughs) Um, I, I just I had to learn to live. I was transitioning into singer motherhood and I had to deal with the fact that I didn't know who I was, I didn't know what I wanted, I didn't know what I was going to do for my kids, and that I basically needed to have a plan so that I would be able to live my life. And I couldn't do that with the person that I once was, or the person that I turned into, rather. And this is when I've actually found out that I had borderline personality disorder. Borderline personality disorder is a mental illness where you do have varying moods. You have a moods. You have a problem with self-image and you also have a problem with your behavior. And I don't mean problem with your behavior as in, you know, trashing buildings and stealing and things like that, but it's more so impulsive actions like you drive super high over the speed limit um or you have sex with a whole bunch of random people to, you know, find your worth and fulfill a need. It's also where you have intense sessions of anger or depression. Um, Sometimes it can last for days and sometimes it can last for weeks. You also have problems with, you know, feeling abandoned or even imagine abandonment. Um, And you also have problems with sustaining a stable relationship. You also have feelings of disassociation where it's basically like you feel like you're seeing yourself from outside of your body. So once I figured out that I had this illness, per se, um, I was able to start thinking about how I really wanted to live my life. Because a lot of people, they live with their depression, they soak into their depression, and sometimes it's, it's something that you can't control, which I understand. But for the moments that you can control it and that you can build yourself off of it is when you need to. And the reason why I'm saying that is because that's what I did. I was able to manipulate 
my disorder and my depression so that I could live the life that I wanted to live so that where I can be lit, I can be happy. I can live abundantly. I can do whatever I wanted to do. And when I had those moments of depression or anxiety, or if I was in a very intense mood, then I knew what to do about it. I knew how to calm myself down. I knew what I needed to do so that I would be able to push through it and keep going. So once that I got that through my mind, I started changing the way I did things. I got a job because, of course, I needed one. I have kids. Um, but then I also worked on getting into the Army, which I also did. I went through basic training. I ended up hurting myself, and I was also discharged for depression, which was okay because I could go back if I wanted to. But I realized one thing when I was in the army and I am so thankful for going. It was an amazing experience. I learned how strong I was, but I also learned how weak I could be, which truly, truly helped me in everything that I am now. So once I got back home, I got it through my mind that Okay, I'm not going to have this thing, this emotion, this disorder, this mental illness, you know, the past experience that I have. I'm not going to let that define me. That's not who I am. It's a part of who I am, but it's not who I am. I say who I am and I say who I want to be. And I have always wanted to be an Arthur. So when I got home from basic training, I wrote a book. It was a way for me to express myself. It was a way for me to get all of my emotions and feelings out on paper. And I was able to find an emotional release to help me whenever I needed to manage myself, basically. So the book itself is called Reaching Danny. You can find it on Amazon. It's a romantic fiction about my life after I came home from the mental hospital. I also started my own business when I came home. I didn't want to continue working jobs that wasn't fulfilling me. I also learned that I really, truly did not like working for other people. And working for myself gave me the opportunity to be more creative, gave me the opportunity to reach more people and to help others. And it also gave me the opportunity to just really be a mom and to be able to see my kids grow up, to have fun with them, to experience them, to love them and to watch them grow. So for the past year, I have been working my own business. I started a blog, I wrote a book, and I have been able to reach out to women who are dealing with the same things that I'm dealing with, and they want to know about my journey and what did I do to get to where I am. And that is exactly what this podcast is going to be about. Everyone's journey is different, but we can ultimately reach the same goal if we have a little bit of help. I want to teach you and to show you how I was able to rise up from what could ultimately could have broken me and I wouldn't even be on here talking to you guys. I want to share with you how I did it. And I want to put this out there that I am not 100%. You may not get to 100% and that is okay. We are working towards progress, not perfection. There are still days when I don't want to get out of bed. There are still days when my depression hits me real hard, but I have been able to manage it and use that to my advantage. And sometimes it's truly healthy to just take a break when you need to. But when you're on a high, I'm going to show you how to use that high. I'm going to show you how to build that confidence back into you. I'm going to show you how to think outside of the box. I'm going to tell you to get uncomfortable so that way you can get comfortable and experience new things in your life and go places that you never thought you would go, 
feel things that you never thought you would feel and ultimately just be who you want to be. Your depression and anxiety does not have to control you. It does not have to dictate how you live your life. You are the one to design your life the way you want it to be so that you can live the way that you want to live. So what I want you to do is I would like for you to take out a sheet of paper and I want you to envision yourself for the woman that you ultimately want to be. Now, I don't want you to write down goals like I want to lose weight and I want a new car and I want a new house. I want you to truly envision yourself doing something that you never thought that you would be able to do or even to get to, that you are strong, that you are confident, that you are beautiful, that you're on the beach drinking margaritas. I don't know. Whatever it is that you want to do, wherever you want to go, whoever you want to be, I want you to envision that and I want you to write all of that down. And we are going to start this journey on getting you there. So I want to thank you for tuning in into my first podcast. Thank you for listening to my story and just for being here. I will be doing an episode every week. So come back and stay tuned. And please follow me on my Instagram is at that pastel chick. You can also find my book and my blog at www.thatpastelchick.com. And please leave a review on iTunes. And I'll talk to you all soon. Bye.